Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The following podcast probably won't contain any spoilers because today I'm not talking about one particular subject. Instead, I've opened it up to the listeners to ask their questions, and then I'll do my best to answer them. Proceed at your own risk. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host and my name is Steven and today I am going to answer some questions. Some questions put to me by y'all. Now, I didn't give folks much warning. I have actually scheduled out what I will be talking about on Just Another Fanboy for the next almost three months. But the book I was going to talk about today, I didn't actually get a chance to get it read. So rather than try to put something old together and 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 present it to you as something new like I did last week. I thought I would just ask the folks out there, hey, I'm going to be recording in three hours. I don't have any idea what I'm going to talk about. Now is your opportunity to ask your questions and throw your ideas out there and I will talk about them. Well, I got three I got three questions here, and they're actually kind of big questions. I think I can build an entire show out of all three of these questions. The second one, most certainly. But before I get into them, I actually, for a moment there, toyed with the idea of doing a live YouTube show thing, whatever you youngsters are calling it these days. You know, a live stream. I've never done one before. I feel like I now have the capability to do that. I've beefed up my internet at home. I've got, uh, I've well, I found, I located my, my old USB mic, which is, good Lord, it's probably 15 years old by this point, but that sucker still works good. I'm not using it right now. I haven't quite decided how I'm going to use that just yet. I'm actually using a pretty decent, like, gaming headset mic, and we're, we're going to see how that turns out here at the end. Well, we'll cross our fingers, but the tests I've done so far it seems to be doing fairly well, but I kind of gave it a thought, you know, hey, I should do a live YouTube stream because I've never done it before. I've been meaning to try it out. I want to get some more content like that up on the old YouTube site. And uh, frankly, I've had some offers to join people on their podcast, which would in, which would involve being on like a uh, 
live stream Zoom type video call type thing that, again, I haven't been set up for for a long time, but beefed up the internet. It's pretty beefy. Speaking of beefy, he's got a new album out. You should check it out. Beefy. I I just wanted to mention that. Anyway, I decided right after I posted about it, because I did tweet about it, I said, hey, maybe I should do a, a, a live stream. Do you think uh, three hours is enough notice for anybody to want to come watch it and maybe throw questions at me as I'm doing it? And after I posted, I realized, no, three hours is not really enough time. So maybe I will plan on that for next weekend. Keep an eye out on the old Twitter because I will be announcing it there. Twitter. Uh, the Just Another Fanboy Facebook page. Just keep an eye out there on those two places. You, you've got to be following one, right? But that's that's where I will announce it. I'll give you a date and a time, and I'll just start live streaming, and we'll see what happens. It will probably be a colossal failure uh, because that's you know that's how I go into things. I go into new things just assuming it's going to be a colossal failure because then I'm never disappointed. Anyway, let's get on with these questions already. So over at Twitter. At John Reed's Comics asked, which are better, Transformers or GoBots? And why is it Transformers? So that's kind of two questions. Which one's better? And he's already answered the first question by asking, why is it Transformers? Well, lucky for you, John, I do think Transformers are better. I I remember the GoBots. I'm old enough to have been a kid when both Transformers and GoBots came out. In fact, I owned... Um, now, it says something for the GoBots when I don't remember any other name, and that's probably why Transformers is better. But I owned the jet that turned into a dude. I think he was a good guy, and I owned the motorcycle that turned into a dude, and he was, I think, the bad guy. I never watched the cartoon, so basically I'm giving you all the reasons why the Transformers is better, because I read the comics, I watched the cartoon, the uh, animated movie is something special. And of course, the toys were just better. The, the the GoBots, both the Transformers and the GoBots were basically just there at the beginning. They were just an amalgamation of different Japanese toy line that the American toy makers bought and combined together into one particular storyline, you, you could say. So all of the, the Transformers, the Autobots and the Decepticons, they were they were actually different toys from different companies in Japan. And then when they brought them over to America, they they just renamed them and called them Autobots and Decepticons. And they did, I believe they did the same thing with the, with the GoBots. But there was a line of GoBot toys that were just, it was like a car. It's like they had the smaller toys, which were um, maybe the size of like a G.I. Joe action figure. And then they had the next step up, which was a larger toy. And it was a car that transformed into a, you know, a humanoid robot, but the head was the top of the car and it just, it just didn't look good. It did, it was not in any way appealing. Unlike the Transformers with, of course, a few exceptions, when you transform them from the vehicle into the robot, they looked pretty badass. They looked pretty badass. And of course, neither version were very, uh, didn't have a lot of articulation, I could, I should say, but I did own, let's see, I owned uh, Soundwave. He was awesome. He's the tape recorder. And I owned a couple of the tape cassettes that went with him. And then I owned, I owned a couple of the Insecticons. 
I honestly didn't own that many Transformers. I was more of a G.I. Joe guy, but I did read the comics for a little while. I have tried to go back and read the the classic Marvel Comics Transformers issues, and I, I just haven't really been able to get into them like I did or, or like I have with G.I. Joe. But I, I remember watching the cartoon religiously. I was all over the cartoon, the the after school. You know, a lot of people, I hear a lot of people incorrectly refer to Transformers and G.I. Joe as Saturday morning cartoons, and they weren't. They were after school cartoons. There, Saturday mornings were not the only time that kids had to watch cartoons. That was usually the big day because you could spend all morning in front of the TV eating cereal and watching cartoons. But we also had before school and after school. If you were willing to get up early enough, you could catch Robotech, for example. Or at least I could. I remember having to get up super early to watch Robotech. Now, if you were to ask me GoBots, Transformers, or Robotech, I would go Robotech any day of the week. And then, of course, there were the shows that were after school, like G.I. Joe and the Transformers. And I think He-Man might have been after school as well. So when you hear somebody refer to G.I. Joe or Transformers as Saturday morning cartoons, they weren't. They were not. They were after school cartoons. But yes, Transformers all the way. The robots looked cooler. The toys were cooler. I'm assuming the cartoon was cooler. I've seen commercials for the GoBots. I remember seeing an ad in the comic books and a lot for the for the GoBots comics and or no, for the GoBots cartoon, which I just thought looked horrible. So I never really gave GoBots a chance. And that was probably a good thing. All right. The next question comes from Louie over on Facebook. He's one of my patrons, which makes him a little bit more awesome than most of y'all. I'm sorry, but it's true. But Louie asks, I'd be curious to find out about your reaction to the election results. I understand if you don't feel like sharing because you might not make half of your audience happy. And frankly, uh, that's usually how I've always kind of got into my pod. When, when I started podcasting, I've always said, no religion, no politics. It's just it's just about the comics or the movies or the books or whatever I'm talking about. Some Something in nerd culture, but I was going to stay away from politics. However... Earlier in the year, I felt compelled to make a episode, a bonus episode called Black Lives Matter. If you've listened to that episode, then you probably know how I feel about the election result. If you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on Facebook, you know that I have never, ever been a supporter of Trump. I think Donald Trump is a horrible human being. I think his entire presidency was a uh, a con and a grift to try to make as much money from the American people as he could, which is why he spent so much time golfing at his own resort where the American people had to pay for all that service, that secret service protection to stay at his hotels and to, to eat his food. And he was making all that money. That's my opinion. I don't know if it's fact. I'm not here to argue with anybody, but I think he's a horrible, horrible human being. And frankly, the thing that really turned the tide for me on him was when he made fun of the disabled reporter. I, I just don't understand how anybody from that moment on could support him. And after that moment, we just started to learn more and more stuff about him that was even more revolting, like the whole grab women by the, the area thing, you know? That, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand how women can support him. I don't understand how anybody can support him, but there's a lot of people who do. And if I, if you're listening to the show right now and you're a Trump supporter and you're really unhappy about the election results, I'm sorry. I mean, I am. I feel bad for you. 
I know how you feel. That's how I felt when Trump became president. But I'm overjoyed. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Joe Biden. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike Joe Biden. A lot of the stuff that I have learned about him over the course of this election, you know, some of it's bad, some of it's good. But I've yet to hear anything about Trump that is in any way redeeming. You know, Biden's got his bad qualities, but then he's got good qualities that seem to somewhat redeem his bad qualities. And then Kamala Harris, I think she just feels like a very genuine person to me. And I hope that she one day becomes our 47th president. And if I lost you as a listener by saying that, see you later. All right. My last question comes from at editing Mike over on Twitter. And he just wants to know my thoughts on Betsy Braddock as Captain Britain. So when I first read this, I just my first thought was, okay, so Betsy Braddock as Captain Britain. It seems interesting. It seems like an interesting idea. And I didn't know if he was, because I'm not caught up on Marvel comics. I'm not caught up on comics in general. The new stuff that I read is more image, dark horse type stuff. Um, I definitely don't read new Marvel comics simply because I have the Marvel Unlimited app. So I'm not going to pay for comics, you know, new release comics when I can get them now only three months after they're released over on the Marvel Unlimited app. But still, I'm still not caught up over there. And so I had no idea that currently, or at least as of October of 2019, Betsy Braddock is Captain Britain. I had no idea that that was a thing. And so I wasn't sure when he asked me that question, if he was just putting it out there as, what What do you think about this as a possibility? I didn't know if maybe there was a uh, rumor out there that they were going to make a, a Captain Britain movie and have Betsy Braddock be Captain Britain instead of Brian. They're they're twins, by the way, twin brother and sister. Betsy Braddock is Psylocke, and she went through quite the change in the 90s, turning into a uh, psychic ninja and all that. But I felt before I could really answer this question, because again, my first thought was, okay, as an idea, I find that very interesting. I don't, I honestly don't care. It doesn't really affect me too much when they take a character and they they change them. Um, Thor becomes a woman. I, I, I don't care. Uh, Ted Kord stops being Blue Beetle and Jaime Reyes becomes the Blue Beetle instead. I'm fine with that. Um, I do think that there's room for more than one superhero under the same name. And so if it is a superhero that I'm really into, because I, I really like Ted Kord as the Blue Beetle. I like that version. Now, the, high, the thing is, is that the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle is a completely, the, the only thing that those two characters share in common is the name and the scarab. And Ted Cord Blue Beetle doesn't even use the scarab. He has not, he doesn't have superpowers. He's just, he's the light side of Batman. That's what he is. And that's why I like him so much. But I do like Jaime Reyes. I remember when those issues first started coming out, I really enjoyed them. And I liked that character. And so the idea of Captain Britain no longer being a man and being a woman instead, it makes sense that it would be Betsy Braddock, Right. If it's going to be anybody, it's going to be her. If it's going to be a woman, if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be her because they're twins. So that makes sense. But again, I wasn't sure if he was just asking me in general what I thought about that or if there was a rumor coming up about, uh, you know, about a movie or what was going on. So I went ahead and looked it up before I really gave it a lot of thought and found that, yes, there was a, a, a comic book. I'm assuming it's still going because it only it came out in October of 2019. Excalibur issue number one in which Betsy Braddock becomes, is it Betty or Betsy? Now I've got to look at freaking question again. He's got Betsy, so I'm sticking with Betsy. She becomes Captain Britain. And so because it's on 
the Marvel Unlimited app, I pushed back the time I was going to record this episode and I uh, read the issue and it was okay. The issue itself was okay. I'm really, I'm not sure what to make of this whole Jonathan Hickman, X-Men, all living on Krakoa, uh, feels kind of like a hippie commune thing going on. Come on, people now, smile on your brother and everybody free love and everything. And not that I have anything against that, but it just, it, it's not my X-Men, I guess you could say. And, and I say that not really having an X-Men because I've never really been a big X-Men fan. I read the X-Men in the late 80s when John Romita Jr. was doing the art. I read some X-Men in the 90s when you had guys like uh, Mark Silvestri and then Jim Lee. And I think Wills Protasio, I, I, I don't remember if he actually did X-Men or not or if he was one of the other X titles, but really I was never like a huge X-Men fan, but this new version of X-Men, I have tried to read some of the issues, uh, you know, the Dawn of 10 or the Dawn of X or whatever the frick you want to call it. And immediately I, I, I'm, I know that there's some just huge fans of Jonathan Hickman out there and I got nothing against Jonathan Hickman. Back when I first started podcasting, he had his first comic come out through Image Comics called um oh my god what was it called it had something nightly news i think it was called and he actually did the art he he wrote it and he did the art and the art was something a little different and there were a lot of articles on all the 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 comic book websites about him and how he was a, a graphic designer by trade and he you know not he he did all the 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 graphic design of the cover and the little symbols and just all these little things throughout the comic, but also drew it and wrote it and all that. And I remember really enjoying the comic, but there's this certain look that he puts in all of his comics. This, uh, he uses like these weird, like, like symbols. And, and, uh, if honestly, if you've ever read more than one Jonathan Hickman book, whether, you know, and not the same, no, I'm not saying like X-Men one or X-Men two, I'm talking like the Manhattan project or, uh, East to West or um, Fantastic Four. If you've ever read his different books, you know what I'm talking about. He puts these little design elements in all of his books that after a while get really old for me. I don't know why. I don't know why it bothers me, but it's like I open up the cover and oh, here's his little symbols and his little things and his little his little design that he does with this. I I I don't know how to I don't know how to describe it, but that kind of for for some reason it just turns me off right away. I would just once like to see him do a comic and not put put all that kind of stuff in there. And it's all over the place in these X-Men books, whether he's writing it or not. Because this Excalibur book that I read, I seem to be slurring my speech some. I'm not sure why. But this Excalibur book that he that that I read, he didn't write it. Now, of course, he's kind of like the showrunner when it comes to the X universe right now. So there is a um, you'd probably call it a design theme, a thematic look to all of the X books. So, of course, all that little symbolism and those little uh, information bits and and whatnot is is all over the books. I get it, but it's it's just it's just not my thing. It's not my cup of tea. It's just like, uh, here we go again. Here's a big info dump and and all these weird, you know, is this something that I need to pay attention to? Is this little weird symbol up here something I need to remember? Are, are there is there a code that I have to decipher? It's just too much work for my stupid little brain 
to have to think about just to read a freaking book. And then there was this whole thing with the issue where Apocalypse is there, but he's not called Apocalypse anymore. Everybody calls him Apocalypse. It's like a, maybe it's supposed to be a running joke, but it got really annoying where somebody would say, hey, Apocalypse, uh, do you mind if I do this? And he'd say, please, I insist that you call me. And then there would be this symbol that had the letter A in it with weird stuff around it that I guess we're just supposed to know what he's what he means by that. And one of them did at one point say, yeah, like I can pronounce that. So apparently whatever the symbol is that is his name at first seems to be unpronounceable. But then later in the book, somebody refers to him by that symbol. And that that kind of stuff just takes me out of a book. I don't want to have to think that hard when it comes to when it comes to a book. If I'm reading text and somebody places a symbol in there as somebody's name, I just I'm taken out of it. How do I read that? How do I interpret that in my head when I'm reading along? Well, I interpret it by saying apocalypse. Because that's who he is. And so if I see that symbol and I'm reading it in my head, I just say apocalypse. So why not just call him apocalypse? It just, that kind of stuff just gets on my freaking nerves. And I I have no basis for it. I have no real true reason why it gets on my nerves. It's just one of those things that do. It's, it's, a, uh, it's, an, it's an unreasonable annoyance. It's just... There's it's yeah, again, it's unreasonable. I I can't defend it, but it's annoying. Well, in the issue, there is something going on in a place called Otherworld or Otherland. I think it's Otherworld, where we find the court of Camelot and Morgan Le Fay is the queen, and she has this pool that she uses for her scrying and, and looking into other worlds and whatnot. There's something wrong with the pool, but there's also a gate on Krakoa that goes to the other world and there's something about it. There's magic that's blocking them from using it and it's all tied in together. And so Brian and Betsy Braddock, Brian is, he's Captain Britain at this point. They, she's no longer the Psylocke from the nineties. She's no longer the ninja. She's just back to being old purple haired telepathic uh, Betsy Braddock. And she's, she's actually not going by the name Psylocke anymore. There's a whole story there. You can tell by reading it. Some of the stuff she says, there's a whole story there, but I didn't, I didn't have time to go look, look any of that stuff up. But so they go into other world to find out what's going on. Something happens to Brian Braddock. I don't know what happens to him. I don't know if he dies, but by the end of the book, she is Captain Britain. And I will say she looks badass. I, I am not as interested in the story per se to pursue it any further, but I'm totally fine with her being Captain Britain. I I find it actually quite interesting. I think she looks really cool. And her sword, you know how if if you read Psylocke in the 90s, when Jim Lee turned her into a ninja, she had a psychic blade that came out of her hand and it was this pink energy blade. Well, that's her sword. It's a big pink energy sword and it looks really cool. And her armor looks really nice. Her costume, her armor, her uniform, whatever you want to call it. It looks enough like the male Captain Britain outfit uh, so that you know that's what it is. But it looks different enough that it's 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 quite interesting. I again, if the story at all had me in any way hooked, um, I would certainly be reading the next issue. But it didn't it didn't hook me at all. But I, I have no issue with her being Captain Britain. I'd like to know what happened to Brian. I'd like to know if he died. Um, I think it's a shame if he did because he's got a wife. I don't know if they've got, I think they've got a kid. 
And so that kind of makes me sad. But as far as what do I, my thoughts on Betsy Braddock as, as Captain Britain, thumbs up, man, go for it. I like it. I think they should do that with a lot of characters nowadays. I'm I'm tired of Bruce Wayne being Batman. I'm tired of Clark Kent being Superman. Heck, Green Arrow is my favorite DC character, and I I could I could stand somebody else being Green Arrow for a while. They did it in the 90s, right? They didn't do it very well in many cases, but I thought Connor Hawk as Green Arrow. I remember enjoying that. Of course, they had that Azrael guy become Batman, and that was totally crap. Superman never stopped being Superman except for when he was dead. And then they had the four Supermen, and one of them was bad. You just didn't know which one it is. But I, I, I think that there needs to come a time at some point where you know Batman's getting old, Superman's getting old. Let's if if they want to, I, I, okay. So they try to make comics cyclical. Every generation has to come into comics. Um, obviously for the first time. And it's it's harder for a new generation to come into a comic book that has 25, 30, 40, 50 years of history behind that character. So they kind of do these soft reboots every now and then to try to bring in these newer readers so you can be, oh, well, all right, you're getting in on Superman from the beginning. I think if, if they could do, um, like what was it, Marvel Unlimited? They did a really good job rebooting Spider-Man and X-Men and those characters, I think they could do that with with DC. Just put it in its own world. That's fine. I don't know. I think if they're going to, if they're going to do these soft reboots every now and then, there should be a certain somewhat pattern to it where eventually as we're getting partway through the cycle, these characters that play these superheroes or that are these superheroes get old and pass it on to somebody else. And then they're the superhero for a bit and then they can start it over again at some point. I don't know. That's just me just talking crap at this. But Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, I'm fine with it. Go for it. I'm that nothing about that bothers me in any way. So those are the three questions. Those are the three big questions I was asked. I'd like to do this every now and again. Maybe next time I'll give folks more of a warning um, to really hit me with those in-depth, deep, deep thinking questions. But until then, I'm going to wrap this up. My name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Wear a mask. Stay safe. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.